Thank you so much for listening to The Geek and the Scribe. The Geek and the Scribe is a cultural commentary podcast hosted by myself, Jamara, I am your scribe, and my sister, Shayna. Hey, I'm your geek. And we make cultural commentary through the lenses of gender and race. And this is our Happy Fictional Father's Day show, where we are presenting a list of fictional fathers we adore, admire, and wish we were related to, drawing from television, film, and literature. Happy Fictional Father's Day, Shayna. Happy Fictional Father's Day, Jamara. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to kick us off. Uh, so my first fictional father, you know, when we first decided to do the show, this was actually one of the first people who came to my mind. And I was like, oh, if I had uh, an African-American father from Baltimore who was a garbage collector, um, I would definitely want him to be Rock Emerson from the... Uh, the American comedy drama Rock, which ran from 1991 to 1994. And I love Rock because he, I don't know, he was just kind of a simple guy. And I loved that every week on the show, he would be so proud of all the junk that he brought home from his garbage collecting. You know what I mean? And like oh, his no. wife and, and, grand, and his father would just be like, are you serious? Um, but I don't know. He had so much pride in, in his work. And he was definitely like this working class, like blue collar guy um, and really just sweet. And yeah. I don't know. They eventually had a baby later in the yeah, show. Yeah, towards the end. And like the, and wasn't the first season. And it even showed like on the show him and his wife having a part time having a baby when she just kind of popped up pregnant, like in like the second or third season or something. It, it was yeah. Yeah, like, and, and then they took in a kid to remember. It was, um, oh God, it was one of the Field Sisters. <laughs> yeah, so Rock, um, played by Charles Dutton, that, oh. that was my first uh, fictional father. Hey, that was a great show. Okay, well, my first, I'm trying not to do this in any particular order, but um, my first fictional father is Arthur Weasley from Harry Potter. Um, he's one of the few dads that make it through that whole story. Um, a lot of everybody, it's like a lot of the other adults in Harry's life die at some point or another, but that's one father that stayed all the way through And the writer herself says she's, she was like, he's such a good father. I couldn't bring myself to kill him because in earlier drafts she had, um, Mm -hmm. he's a father who works hard. Um, he has a big family. He may not be able to support them in the fashion that he would like to, but you can tell he loves each and every one of his children so equally and so and, and so individually for their individual talents and personalities. And he's very caring and protective. And it's just pretty about he's just a really good father, you know? And it's mm-hmm. such a good it's such a good character to see, especially since it's a Story told from a child's perspective, even as he grows older. But this is one guy that he knows that is just the best father, and then probably the that's the word the role model that the main character will have for when he's a father one day. And that was all, that was just a nice thing to think about. That here's someone who kind of stepped into the father role for someone who he didn't have to. Considering he already had seven kids of his own. 
Yeah, no, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really interesting because on my list, I actually have a few uh, non-traditional dads also. Um, and like men who like stepped to the plate and became fathers when, you know what I mean? So yeah. that's the thing. We'll see how much that theme um, resurfaces in this list. But that's a great one, Shana. Yep. Your turn. Okay, so my next fictional father, and this fictional father actually plays double duty, uh, plays double duty, and is a father in two different roles, one as an animation father, and then one as a an actor father, um, and so as animation, we know him as Mufasa, the I, father of Simba. And then as an actor, we know him as, as the king in Coming to America. Mm. So uh, I'm referring to James Earl Jones yeah. as my next fictional father. Because in, in The Lion King, I mean, it's, it's classic Disney because, of course, like he has to die, you know. Yeah. But, he, 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 but he comes back as this uh, strong, ghostly father figure throughout the film and really was critical for, um, I don't know, the kingdom, for Simba. And, I mean, even, like, the fact that he had an, e- an evil brother just made him an even better father, yeah. <laughs> actually, right? Because we could see the, the comparison um, between uh, Mufasa and Scar. And then uh, James Earl Jones as the king in Coming to America, I, he made my list because him as that father, he, you know, was really stubborn and uh, stuck in his ways and very conservative. And his his plan for Prince Akeem was that, you know, he would do exactly what the rules and the law said, you know. But by the end, um, his son's trip to America and finding love, he, you know, he he kind of softened. Mm-hmm. And there's an amazing moment in the movie where... Um, you know, he's just like, well, we've always done this, you know, in terms of their marriage ceremony um, and like tradition, like he's always done this. And his wife is like, I thought you were the king. You are the king. You can do whatever you want. And so his evolution as a father was really great um, in, in both both of those movies. Awesome. See, now I feel like I have to rearrange something because that was going to be my next one. <laughs> one more right, so be my next one. Um, All right, who do you have? Well, I have my next one was Mufasa. <laughs> Hold on, skip Mufasa. Moving on, I have Bert Hummel from Glee. Oh, talk about that. Bert Hummel from Glee, I think, should be, and some people may even say he should be higher on the list, but because he's newer to me and not as nostalgic, is why he's a little lower, but. Bert Hummel is the best example of a father, except that that I've ever seen on TV, except not just father, parent, period, accepting of his gay child on a television series and hell, even a movie like. There's an episode if if there if there is not a Gleek watching right now. Um, there's an episode where. Um, that character and the mother of another character on the show get together and they move in together and their two sons, they want to move them into the same room. And one son's gay. Obviously, Bert Hummel's son, 
um, is gay, Kurt, and they move him into, uh, then they move Finn Hudson into his room, who's the captain of the football team, and they get into a fight where Finn calls the, the decor in the room faggy. And that's in that moment where Bert walks in. And up until that point, Bert had a hard time with his son's homosexuality. He's a single parent. And he's one of those like man's men type guys. So he wasn't really sure how to handle it. But when he heard that word come out of Finn's mouth, he jumped to his son's defense. And he's like, I don't want that poison in my house. And if you're going to say that kind of thing, you have to get out now. And he's like, it may cost me your mother. It may, I love her and it may cost me her, but you will not do that to my son. And it was just like, oh, yay. And when he had to have the sex talk with his son, again, he was confused what to do. But he took time to educate himself and speak to his son in a way that he could share experience, even if it wasn't the same experience. And that was really great. Like, I've not seen a parent figure on TV quite that good at championing, championing their child who lived a slightly alternative lifestyle. So yay. <laughs> he was like, he's really one of the most progressive dads I've ever seen. And yay. For, well, not ever, but one of, especially recently. So Bert Hummel will get my vote for being an awesome dad. Oh, that's a cool, I like that one. That's a cool one. Okay. Um, happy, happy fictional father's day. Uh, Yay. Okay, so I have uh, Henry from Punky Brewster. Uh, for those people, for those who remember the show Punky Brewster uh, with Soleil Moonfry, and she is a little girl whose uh, birth father uh, uh, left her and her mother, and then her mother actually abandoned her in a in a shopping mall with her dog Brandon, um, and that's how. Uh, and so she ends up living in this vacant apartment building. And then Henry is, I believe, the super for the building. Or he's a photographer. Um, I, I, I can't remember the full relationship. Anyway, but somehow they end up meeting because she's, like, living in this building. And eventually uh, she goes to live, her and the dog go to live with Henry. And eventually, as the storyline progresses, um, he ends up adopting her. And so, I don't know. I, I just think Henry was a great character. Um mm-hmm who really like helped Punky Brewster kind of work through, uh, you know, her abandonment and trauma issues with her birth parents and really was this like loving force for her who allowed her to be creative and colorful and um, just this kind of like genius little creative kid. So I I just happy fictional father's day to Henry uh, from Punky Brewster. Henry was great. Like, I loved how he was such a curmudgeon in the beginning and like the love of this little girl melts his heart and they make each other more complete. Like it was just such a good show. <laughs> um but on with it. My next um father figure is Giles from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, you brought out Buffy, huh? Well, I am a <laughs> Buffy freak to the end, but um Tell us about Giles. Why is, why is he on your list? Giles, again, a non-traditional father. On the show, Buffy's parents are divorced and her father doesn't live in the same town as her. She sees him very rarely. And actually, as the show goes on, it, it, it becomes very clear that she speaks to her father less and less over time um, with him not being in the house with her. Um, but Giles, like, 
if you know Buffy the Vampire, so you know Buffy's a vampire. Giles was her vampire slayer. Giles was her watcher. He was the one who was supposed to watch over her slayer career, essentially, and train her and keep her, help her, give her the best tools to survive. Um, but over time, he really begins to care about her and love her. And there's a episode where every slayer, where they reveal every slayer has to go through a rite of passage. And Giles chickens out in it halfway through because her life's in danger and his superiors tell him end up firing him because they're like, because you, because you don't, you don't see her like a watcher. You have a father's love for her. And throughout the rest of the series, Giles will always be like the male figure who gives her the support she needs. He's the one who hugs her when she cries, the one who boosts her up when she feels weak. Like he becomes her backbone, her strength over a long time until it gets to the point in the show where she has to kind of outgrow him and become an adult. But he's always there, like any parent would be. And that's why I vote for Giles as father. Giles may not have any children of his own, but he was an awesome dad to Buffy Summers. Yeah, he, he was the backbone and like the support like any parent is. And when it was time to step away, he did, but he always stayed in the back, like always reachable like usually our parents do when we grow up and so that's why i vote giles one of the best fictional fathers for buffy summers um he raised her in a way awesome i'm into it (laughs) he's a dad he's 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 not he doesn't have his own kids but he certainly was a dad to her my next fictional my next fictional father so if i had to be homeless and if i had to work as a uh, a con kid in conjunction with a con man um, I certainly would want my fictional father to be uh, John Belushi's character from the 1991 movie Curly Sue uh, where he, he plays Bill Dancer and him and Curly Sue essentially are these I mean they're essentially con men and they just like rip people off for money and um, that's how they get by, you know, from house to house, from meal to meal. And then they set up the scheme where they, the movie, you know, this is kind of gets the, the movie going for those who, who don't remember. They set up the scheme where they set it up whereas, you know, he's going to pretend to get hit by a car, you know, and then they were going to get money from the woman, um, you know, so that they can have their next meal. But then he actually does get hit by the car and all these things happen. And eventually like Curly Sue realizes she wants a family and, and this woman who hits them, you know, really kind of falls in love with this duo, you know, but they're torn between these, these two worlds of being, you know, con, con man and con kid and this idea of having, you know, this upright family. Um, but you know what? I mean, even though they were, they were homeless and they were hustlers, I feel like he actually does care about Curly Sue, mm-hmm. you know, and there are moments in, in, in the film where he even questions like whether or not he's doing the right thing and whether or not he can provide for her, you know, in a way that, that isn't hustling and illegal. Um, so anyway, I, you know, thinking of John Belushi as a father is, is kind of funny, but, but in this role, I would certainly, I wouldn't want anyone else to, to play this character or be this fictional father for her. That was a good movie. Funny enough, that movie actually made me want to be a con person when I was a grown up. I don't know why. <laughs> because they're so good at it. Yeah, true. And, and they were so lovable. 
I like curling shoe was so lovable. I love like like it's like for some reason I cried real tears on the scene when um she when the woman goes to pick up curly sue from the orphanage and they had cut her hair and i'm like mm-hmm. I know. like so moving on um it seems let's switch some things around real quick okay I, okay you know what i'm going i was gonna do a serious one but to replace the one mufasa i'm going to do a silly one and I want to put in Artie from The Adventures of Pete and Pete. Ooh, I love that show. <laughs> Artie, who, anybody who doesn't remember Adventures of Pete and Pete, Adventures of Pete and Pete was a show on Nickelodeon in the 90s um, about two brothers named Pete, Big Pete and Little Pete. Um, their mother had a plate in their head. Their father had an ongoing war with their neighbor. And Little Pete had a strange tattoo named Petunia. He liked to make dance. Also, Pete, little Pete had his own personal superhero, Artie, as he said, the strongest man in the world. And you know what? Pete and Pete's parents were kooky folk who didn't always sometimes pay attention to what was going on with their kids. But Artie was little Pete's consummate companion. He was everything Pete needed him to be whenever he needed it. Like, Artie was his ear to listen to, his shoulder to lean on. And when they needed to move a house an inch in a prank war, Artie was there for him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I wonder if that show was like on Netflix or Hulu, because I would love to watch Adventures of Pete and Pete some more. It's so good. You know, and I think they might be putting it on that new network Nickelodeon put together of all the old 90s shows. Actually, oh, okay. Yeah, so it's so it's probably floating around somewhere. Bet you can find it on oh. YouTube. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Oh, that's a good, that's a great one. Thank you, okay. Shayna. Okay, I have so okay. So if I had a father who could speak to animals, I would certainly want Doctor Doolittle, uh, played by Eddie Murphy, to be my father uh, because it's. I think it's just such an awesome. St- so one, I think Eddie Murphy did a great job in the Doctor Doolittle series. I think all, except for maybe like, I feel like there were a lot of them, and maybe like the last one fell fell off. But I feel like at least at least the first, the first one, two, and three, if there are four, uh, and I think it's really hard to pump out four, five, or six of any movie. Um, but I, I thought I always thought Eddie Murphy did a really great job. Um, I, I think he makes, I mean, first of all, the story of Dr. Doolittle is a great story. And I think those movies really balanced his kind of odd, queer, quirky gift of a talent with him as a family person and a father. Um, and, and really kind of like this idea that, you know, my dad is this weird person you know, which creates tension, but his weirdness allows me to embrace my own weirdness and my yeah. own geekiness. Um, and I, I just think that's, I thought that was so awesome in terms of his relationships with his kids. So uh, Eddie Murphy as Dr. Doolittle in the series um, is on my fictional father's list. It's funny because that's like one of the last movies of his that he really, that he made that I was really into for years. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. I was there, and then I took a huge break into like Dream Girls. But um, oh boy, I did like them. I mean, he played, even though in the beginning he was kind of a miserable character, but they did show great growth by the end of him becoming like a happy, well-adjusted person and happy in his family. And that was, and how cool would it be if your dad could talk to animals? Right, exactly. So I was into it. I was into it. Then my next one is going to be, well, I had to say, if I had to be raised by some man other than my dad, and let's say I had a really cool uncle, man, would I want my uncle to be Uncle Phil. Philip Bigger. Because, I mean, was there really a better black father on TV during that time? Like, was there? He not only took in his nephew, who, granted, drove him crazy on a regular basis, but when it came down to it, he loved that boy like his own. And nobody would have gotten between, uh, like, nobody. Like, even when Will's real father showed up, and you could tell how hurt Phil was when Will pushed him away, but at the end of that episode, when Will needed a father to love him and to hug him when his real one ran out, Uncle Phil was there. And... When, and in that episode with the racial profiling, when Will and Carlton got arrested, he brought down the fire of God on that little hick town station when he's like, mm-hmm. get my boys out that cell. I was like, yes, Uncle Phil is the fiercest father that was on TV at the time. And man, did he love his family. He would have done anything for them. And he may have let them make fun of him by his weight from time to time, but he was a very strong black male character that you didn't see a lot at the time and still don't really see as much as I would like. But man, was he just a genuine good person and a genuine good father. Oh, no, it's so true. Uh, James Avery totally slayed that role. And I could so, I would definitely want Uncle Phil as, as, as a father, as a, as a, as a Funkle. A father, <laughs> uncle. Uh, that's a good one. Thank you for reminding me of him. I actually forgot about Uncle Phil, but that's that's a really good addition to just like my good feelings right now. So, but that's that's a perfect segue though uh, to my next fictional father, who I love. If I had to be homeless and sleep in a bathroom with my father, I would certainly want to be. Will Smith uh, playing the role of Chris Gardner in the 2006 movie Pursuit of Happiness. That scene, uh, and for those who, who don't remember, um, he's a father, single father, and he's displaced from from his home. And, um, you know, he, he has this dream of working in this, you know, stock investment place and anyway but they don't have a place to live and so they literally like sleep in the bathroom and that scene made me cry um just him holding his son and his son being too small to really even understand you know what I mean um so and I know it's based on a true story but I, I thought Will Smith was just phenomenal in that role um and it, it made me so sad, but at the same time, I felt really invested in, in, in their relationship. It was one of those roles I was kind of expecting him to get an Oscar nom for, but I don't think he did. Um, 
but I don't think so either. Yeah, but that was that was a good role. Even though I know, in I, from what I hear in real life, that dude is an like not a great person, but he played him sympathetically, and I really, really like. I, I like the fictional version of him so much better. <laughs> but yeah, and that's why this show is about fictional, fictional fathers. fathers, exactly. As we can bask in their glory without having to deal with the baggage yeah. of their unpleasantness. <laughs> so Will Smith in that role was great. And it was awesome that he got to do it with his real son. That was also kind of probably added bonus for him. And probably, I have a feeling that probably helped him bring out even more emotion in that moment. So yay for Will and Jaden in that. Um, well, I have reached the bottom of my list and... I have, and here's my favorite um, TV dad of all time. Man, did I wish this guy could have been my father. He's super smart, super understanding, understands fast, witty dialect and pop culture references like no one else. Man, I wish my father was Keith Mars. Oh. <laughs> okay, say more about that, Shana. <laughs> well, Keith Mars is the dad from a show called Veronica Mars. Um, Veronica Mars is a huge cult um, hit. I mean, it's one of those shows that not. I know people don't like to throw the word perfect around, but that first season was perfect. And the second season was awesome. Unfortunately, there was a lot of interference for the third season, and that didn't work out well. But... um. But Keith Mars on that show was, like, so the kind of dad I wish I had. Like, man, he's so understanding. Like, Keith Mars on the show is a private—he used to be the town sheriff up until he accused the richest man in town of killing his daughter. And that's really the premise of the show is a murder mystery. Every season is a mystery to be solved. And the first season is to solve the murder of Lily Kane, which was Veronica's best friend. At the time, Veronica's father was sheriff. He accused um, the richest man in town, essentially, of killing his child, and he lost um, his position as sheriff and gets disgraced. And later, he um, open his wife starts drinking, leaves him, and later he opens up a private eye, private eye um, office to support him and his daughter. And his daughter eventually becomes like his receptionist. And over time, she develops her own de- detective skills and becomes like this cool teenage sleuth, like Nancy Drew with an edge. And man, is she the product of Keith Mars. You can tell everything about her is because of Keith Mars. He is so loving and protective of his daughter, like an understanding of all the teenage stuff that she's going through and doesn't like freak out when he realizes like her boyfriend spent the night at the house, but does threaten the boyfriend later. Like don't do nothing in my house that you shouldn't be doing, (laughs) but in a really cool way is my favorite part of it all really is the connection between Veronica and her dad, like man, the love, like if people say that the Gilmore girls has the best mother daughter relationship where the, mother-daughter or simultaneously mother and daughter and friends well that's what Keith Mars and Veronica were they were simultaneously father-daughter but there was a friendship there and they really needed each other because they had gone through so much tragedy and loss in such a short amount of time she lost her best friend he lost his job they lost the mother slash wife 
And all they had was each other. An entire town turned on them, and all they had was each other. And they were so close. And you could tell there was a need for each other. They needed each other to make it through. And man, was he like the ultimate support for her. Mm. Like he was just, oh man, I, I, like, I could go on all day about Keith Mars, but Keith Mars really was, to me, the perfect dad growing up. Oh, <laughs> that's cool. Happy fictional Father's Day. Uh, oh, thank you, Shana. So I, that's really the end of my list. I have, uh, I know, I feel like I should have some like some climax after that, yeah. but I'm just going to let, I'm going to let him hold the rein um, as the ultimate dad. I have some, a few runner ups um, who I was like, uh, I don't really want to get into get into it but i also feel like i love them so i had uh robert de niro uh has played many father roles and i just think he has been an amazing father in all of them i don't know just robert de niro as dad sure i'm into it i feel like he has like mad kids in real life so maybe that's why it translates well like he yeah he's a dad he is a super dad (laughs) no it's true so robert de niro uh, and then I had uh, Damon Wayans um, in My Wife and Kids. Oh, yeah. Which I thought that was a really great show that uh, went off the air. And it was really funny. And it was great casting and great writing. Um, so, yeah, Damon Wayans in My Wife and Kids. And then I had um, I had Red Fox from Sanford and Sons, which is, like, this very dysfunctional father-son relationship. But I realized that most of my, you know, lists were about... Uh, I felt like they were about father-daughters, so I just wanted to add another father and son. And, like, Red Fox was a crazy, cranky old father, but there's something about that that just resonated, and, you know, it's no wonder that show was on TV for so long. Yeah, I know. So um, sometimes you kind of need, like, that side of the father, too. And, and, you know, you can appreciate the softer moments. So um, those are my runner-ups. Who'd you have, Shana? All right, well... As you know, I had a, a bit, but I'm sure I'll, I'll try to go. I'll try to pick my best ones. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers this character, but Mac McGuff from Juno um, was one of my runner-ups because he was awesome. Um, Uncle Ben from Spider Man, Mister mm. Feeney from Boy Meets World. Oh, uh, Mr. Feeney, yes. Boy, also, Boy Meets World, yes. Such a good show. Atticus Finch made my honorable mention list mostly because he was a father who transcended time. Here's a man mm-hmm. with such upstanding moral fire belief in a time of rampant racism. He teaches his children that everyone's equal. Oh, that's cool. Um, and my last couple ones were Paul Hennessy from Eight Simple Rules because, man, what was there a father who worried and loved his daughters more? Um, Marlon from Finding Nemo because who tried harder? Um, Gordon Bombay from Mighty Ducks. Mighty um, Michael Bluth from Rest Development. And Sam Dawson from I Am Sam. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Because maybe he may not have the understanding, but he, he knew how to love. And that was the important thing. And that was, those are my honorable mentions. <laughs> awesome. This is a good list. Uh, do you, would you have any words for Shana as a wrap up? Um, well, 
you know, no matter what anybody will ever say, I always believe that father figures are important. Like somebody in your life that represents a male figure, because you're going to run into men in your life, no matter what your domination orientation or what have you. And you really do need that first example of what a good one looks like. It makes it much easier to know when you meet unpleasant ones. But, uh, but for those of us who may have not had a real strong father role in their home or in their life in any way, these fictional ones sometimes have served the um served the greater served a greater purpose than ever intended. Um, I've even heard like rap songs where people reference like Uncle Phil or other TV dads as the only fathers they remember growing up. And that's kind of one of those things that's cool that even if you didn't have a physical one, you still had a representation. And that's awesome. So that's me. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Well, Shana, um, I will be your father figure. Put your <laughs> tiny hand in mine. I will be your preacher teacher. Anything you had in mind. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I, I didn't know how I was going to fit those lyrics into the show, so I just went for it and just said, hey, that's um, what they are. Yeah. Everybody just, needs just, a dad. It's yeah. somewhere or another. Exactly. Um, whether it's in a song lyric or on a television show or in a book um, or in real life. Yeah. So we just want to want to take a moment to say uh, thank you to everyone for listening and thank you for celebrating happy fictional Father's Day with yeah. us. As always, thank you for, what is it, Shana? Oh. Are you having an emergency? No, I just thought of something. And just so it doesn't seem like there's any bias here, I also wanted to reference Kim and Mitchell from Modern Family as one of the first, like, um, gay father figures that was on TV that has had real staying power. They've, that show's been on for like seven years now. <laughs> oh, okay. Awesome. <laughs>